This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m. You're on Radley Check Radio. It's Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. We've got Elizabeth Creevy. Now, she is, amongst other things, a keen gardener, a bread and be- breakfast host, and a member of the Incorporated Society South Wairapa Fen- Fenua Advisory Group. She's got a solar farm moving in the district, and she wants to share her concerns about it. Um, yes. Elizabeth, first of all, is the bread, bed and breakfast you got on your property there? Yes, it is. And whereabouts are you? I'm in Greytown. Oh, that's uh, a beautiful place. Yes, yeah. A lot of people actually live in Greytown and drive to Wellington for work, don't they? They do. Over the hill. Yeah, or catch the, the train. Yeah, what's the hill called? Um, I've caught you. You have. My mind's gone blank. I've got. Come. I've got all this. Other, all these other facts in my everyone, head. Everyone. Everyone at home. Everyone at home will be going nuts. Saying, I know the name. I know. I know. I can't believe um, it. It'll come to you if we don't think about it. You can tell me. Um, yeah. And what's this South Wairapa Fenua Advisory Group? Well, we are um, a group of neighbours um, and concerned locals. Um, when I found out that. Uh, well, let's not call them solar farms for a starter. They're not farms, they're power plants. This power, power plant was going in around me. Oh, so you um, formed this group. I did. I went and knocked on the doors of everybody because uh, people didn't know. So this is a group not set up by the council to advise it. It's a group set no. up with it's concerns locals. over locals. this generating plant. Got yes. it. Yep. So, um, yeah, we've got together to um, learn about it, do something about it, <laughs> advise people, um, and, yeah, and we've been so concerned what is the, about what we've found. What is the proposal? What is it? Well, we've got two um, power plants proposed to be right here, right on the doorstep of Greytown Village. Um, We've got one that's 235 hectares big. Another one that's directly around me is 190 hectares. So all up, that's 425 hectares or an acres, 1,050 acres worth of um, black mirrors, basically, (laughs) solar panels. Um, It's basically going to cover the land with an intensive industrial structures yeah generating power and literally i will not be in the countryside anymore how close to you is this supposed generating plant right over i'm less than a hectare and it's right around three sides no my property you'll fry i'm right up close and personal personal with it Yeah, so and it's so right the, in my sol- the solar panels that we see on people's roofs that are generating power from the sun, mm-hmm. that's really what we're talking about, those sorts of things. Glass, yeah, that. yeah. I, I, they're very different to that in, in the fact that um, you can put a solar panel on your house. And it um, doesn't It's not change, going to affect your neighbours. It's not going to affect the, the climate. Um, you're the one that's directly benefiting from that. Um, these are very different. 
Um, and we basically, I don't think they should be near towns, near residences, and on food producing land or on top of water supplies, drinking water supplies. A thousand acres. Who's going to, who's proposing it and who's going to own it? Well, there are overseas companies that are registered in New Zealand. So Far North is the one down the road. That's less than a kilometre away from me. Um, that one is German, I think. But they've got, you know, Singaporean finances and all sorts of other people involved. Um, Helios, which is around me, is American. Um, they're all international companies. And, and all that is, money will go overseas. Yeah, and the council is keen on it? Well, the council um, supposedly can't take it. Well, they haven't taken a, a, a stand because there's two okay. ways that these these um, power plants can get consent. And one is through the council process. Um, the first one here has gone through the council process and they have, um, we finally got it to be um, publicly notified because they try to do this without public notification. And it got publicly notified. So we put in submission and because of the standard of the submissions, they have chosen to get it referred to the environment court. So that takes the council out of the picture. They haven't had to come to a conclusion or a decision on it, but it's going to go to the environment court um, next year, early next year. And what is on the land at present? It is being used for farming. Um, dairy farming, um, and I think the other one down the road is sheep. Yeah, it's open land, and the land open it, space. And the Okay, and the land has been bought? No, they don't buy it. <laughs> they just lease it. They they pay the farmer three to four times the amount of the current lease that they're getting, um, so it's very lucrative for the farmer. Um, and I think this is the way they get it around um, the Overseas Investment Authority. They, you know, they, they're not actually ah. buying land. Ah. They're just leasing it. And do you know the facts and figures on how much power this thing's going to generate over the course of a year? These ones will do um, 100, the far north ones, 175 megawatts peak so that's when they're brand new and on a hot, clear summer day. Of course, you know, they decrease as they age. And the Helios is 100 megawatt. And what, on average, they'd get a fraction of that, right, over a 24-hour period or over 365 well, days of the year? Well, A, they're only there, it's only during daylight hours, so they're not producing anything during nighttime. Um, and... Mm. It is reduced by cloud, weather, cold, um, dust, mm. um, and age. They lose the ability to produce their maximum output as they age. Do we know if they're getting any subsidy or are they an economic financial proposition on their own? Well, that is the big question that I'd like to ask our new government because <laughs> ah. it's been hard to find out, you know, um, they get big government assistance overseas. Mm. And um, and in the US and in Europe, they, they're starting to dry up because I don't think the governments are getting their returns 
as to what they're expecting. So, but we had new young fields for these companies. Um, yes. And so, so you yes, could so be I'm, paying for you know, the. It's like BlackRock. What was BlackRock all about? What is the deal there? Mm-hmm. What assistance are these companies yeah. going to get? We you, don't know. You could be. You could be paying for this monstrosity next door to you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that's, the, that's the horror. That's the horror. <laughs> and also, um, you know, the, I know for a fact that um, the one around me is being personally funded by Urs Herzl, who was one of the eighth employee of Google, so he's a trillionaire. <laughs> and um, he's private. He's kind of helping to fund this. And... Um, what government assistance have Google been given? You know, what guarantees? I've been, I've heard that they had some kind of deal to get cheap power for their databases. You know, what what was that deal? Mm. You know, he was allowed in the country during the COVID lockdown, while people couldn't go to funerals and get oh, home. I love, I love. He was allowed to be in the. He was allowed in the country, so he's I been. Love- he's been dealing this for a long time. I love your research skills. Oh, my goodness. What was his name again? Is Herzl. How do you spell that Herzl? H-O-umlaut-L-Z-L-E. Mm. And he's like a billionaire many times over. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's one of the top execs in Google. Uh, and they, and they, have, they of course, together. they want to greenwash. Everything, all, all. Yes. It's his particular baby and and. Google has he wants um, Google to be 100% green, and um, well, I don't think they should be allowed to use our landscape and our history to greenwash their, their company, quite frankly. Well, you're the indigenous people next door, right? They've got yeah. to care about that. Um, how high do they go off the ground? Well, these um, four and a half meters. So the size no. of single house size, these, these, these are substantial. They're four and a half metres high at their highest point. They, um, they will be on a single track axis, so they will seesaw like a big seesaw. They will seesaw and track the sun from east to west. Um, there will be 33 inverter stations, 321,620 panels, all four and a half meters high. 321,620 panels. Just this is just as this is just on the far north. 321,000. No, you said that wrong because no. 620 panels. 321,620 panels. It's it's a, a, a you know 235 hectares they're covering. It's Tell a big me bit the, of land. Say it slowly. Honestly, <laughs> I've got to get my head around this and make sure you got the commas in. Yeah. How three, many two, panels? one. Three, two, one, comma, six, two, one. That's what that's what they've stated on their application. Three hundred and twenty-one thousand panels. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite a few. Four and a half meters high, rotating, inverters. I joked that you're going to be fried. There's going to be a lot of electromagnetic stuff coming out of there, right? Who yeah. knows? Who knows? When you there's, have a, there's certainly going to be a lot of heat because, you know, when light hits those panels, yeah. they're big black mirrors, 
And when light, only 20 or so percent of that light is converted to electricity, the rest is reflected as heat. So we will be in a heat island. Say that again. 80% of the light hitting those panels is reflected as heat. They're big black panels. So it's going to change the climate around there. It will like change my climate. It will change my climate. Might be good. Dry out the ground. Yeah, you might need your glass house. <laughs> I think it'd be it would even fry the glass house. <laughs> what What happened when you went around the district knocking on doors and saying uh, about this? A did people know about it? No, people didn't really know about it. Um, and I rang all sorts of people. I rang every councillor, every person that I thought of influence, um, and nobody knew about it because it was an unnotified activity at that stage. And when you explained, as you did to us, to the locals, what this would be, how did people respond? All goody? No. <laughs> no. There was one or two that are just um, sold on solar, which I understand because we've had 20 years of a trillion-dollar industry flooding the market and tech magazines of how good these are. They don't give you the full story. So people you, believe, I think I used to believe that solar was the way. Oh, it's clean and green, yeah. but it ain't. You know, when you start no. to scratch the surface, I've got a nice big list of here of objections <laughs> and what effects that it could have. And um, we need to really, as a country, take it seriously and, you know, put in some regulations. At the moment, it's a totally unregulated industry. Well, I'm a funny person in so many okay. ways, but one of the things I'm funny about is I love industry. And mm -hmm. like one of my things, mm -hmm. when I had time, mm -hmm. I just park the car up and watch a port. I love watching ports work and quarries work so industry always shipbuilding yards mm. sort of my tourist thing because i just love how it all goes together and works like a little big train set you've been but i hate those goddamn windmills i hate isn't that interesting on uh, on a landscape and i should I think isn't that amazing there's wind blowing and they're making power and I look at them, and I think they're on a fool's errand in terms of the money that gets spent. I spend a lot of time trying to discover in Wellington how much had been spent on windmills and how much it was generating, and I hit a blank wall every which way because yep. I think they're a financial and economic disaster. Yeah, I, I don't think, yeah. Also an environmental disaster, not just in terms of landscape values, but in terms of the resources that are used to make them. Yeah. I look at solar panels. I haven't studied it, but they seem to me a complicated bit of kit with a lot of fancy chemicals and minerals all in it to make it. Oh, work. huge. And that's, that's going to use a lot of, oil and diesel and petrol oh, to make a solar panel. The entire thing is based on oil. You yeah. can't make them. 
Um, you know, you've got the mining for a start. Yeah. You know, that that is huge. Mining, transport, refining, production, installation. It's all based on oil. You can't do it without oil. No. You've got the humanitarian costs of the mining, the refining, and the production. You've got the environmental costs of mining, refining, production, operation, and end of life because these things are toxic. You know, overseas in, in, in like, um, California, they have to be put into a toxic dump. They're full of rare earth minerals and metals that can leach into the ground and are toxic. They're forever chemicals. So once they get into your system, you can't get rid of them and they accumulate. And Um, what, what do you know of the economic life of these panels? Well, they only last 25 to 30 years at the max. That's, they'll be lucky if they last 25. Because they found with those windmills in Wellington, they found that they were lasting nowhere near their recommended uh, or expected lifespan because of the winds. And, of course, it's on the bearings, you know. The bearings are taking a huge strain because the big propellers sitting there trying to generate power. And you think of those early dams 100 years on nearly and they're still just pouring out power. Oh, um, absolutely. Those dams were incredible. Incredible. And, yeah. and same with coal. Um, but these things. I don't think to... they'll last for 30 years either. No. But because these, be these are quite thin and we've got intensive winds in New Zealand. This is a high wind area too. Um, and they're just seesaws. They're great big four and a half metre high sails to catch the wind. You know, that's going to crack. And this dopey billionaire over there, he's not looked into it, right? It's been oh, a two they, these are all just somebody's investment portfolio. They're not yeah. building these to save the planet. They're building these for money. They're mm. going to make a lot of money out of these. Because they could walk away and in 25 years you'll still be a young woman and you'll have a toxic dump decaying and rancid because who's going to clean it up? Well, this is it. We don't know what the deals are. We don't know what deals they've signed with farmers and what advice they're getting because overseas now they're trying to get, because they've had 20 years' experience, and so I've been looking at what they've been doing over there. They are trying to get um, these companies to ensure that there is cash in country ready to do the cleanup because they don't. They're leasing the land. They could. We could have a big earthquake, shatter yes. them all over the ground. They could just declare bankruptcy and bugger off. Mm. You know mm. what assurance have we got that this will be cleaned up? You know, and and these companies. The, these fields often, these power plants change hands quite a few times apparently overseas. Mm. Um, that means the farmer's going to have to sign new contracts every time. Has any representative of the company or their agents approached you? Um, on the, the one that's going to the Environment Court, no. They've only knocked on one or two doors really down there. 
Um, they haven't done any community consultation. Um, the one around me did a community drop-in session, which was just generic high school grade information about how a solar power plant runs. Um, I was promised that there would be actual on-site information, but there wasn't. Um, yeah, very little, very little. Tell me about the size of your property again. I'm only hectare. So you've got a hectare, you've got a house. Yep. You've got a nice garden. Yeah, and a and B&B. The B&B is attached to the house or separate? Yes, Se attached, to the, attached to the house. And then on three sides, solar panels. Yeah. And, and those solar yeah. panels, they will stretch in front of you, I'm trying to think, hundreds and hundreds of metres. Yes. I mean, you'll look out. It'll just be a seat. Yeah. Sea of solar panels, four and a half metres high, mm. tilting in the, tilting yeah. as the sun moves. Yeah. And I can tell actually, you, it's horrific. That's ruined your property. Well, absolutely. And as a, having been a travel consultant in my past, um, that's exactly what people want to know. Where is the industry? Because they don't want to go to the countryside and, and stay in a and b around the industry. You know, you go, no. and if you're in doubt, you won't even stay in that town. You'd go and stay in the next village over because you want to go. You're getting out of town, away from industry, for a nice break. So basically, personally, my income, and there's other B&Bs around me um, and in town, I mean, we're a tourist-based yes. village. Yeah. And I think it will impact I can't the village see as, how well as, as well as the B&Bs around How me. far out of grade can price, I live? Let's face it, and our the prices of our properties. Oh, yes. People work all their lives to pay for their properties. And um, research has shown that if you're anywhere near one of these things, you're going to be at least 30% down in value. And you're going to have a very small market of people that would be even interested. Are they going to have a high fence to protect this? It'll people? be a, about a two-metre security fence. And that'll that's, run that's around pretty. you too. Yeah. <laughs> And they think a few rows of pittosporins or something is going to kind of mitigate that. Well, it's not. <laughs> you know, simple as that. Well, a two-metre fence is ugly. Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, my goodness. They're scared about you hopping over and pinching their power or breaking a bit of glass. <laughs> well, this is it. There'll be um, security okay. lighting on. What you know, are you doing? Security. What are you doing to stop it? Well, I've made, I've done, I've made flyers, I've knocked on doors, I've put on um, a notice on the community Facebook page, I've um, rung people, um, we've got this group that we, we've written submissions, um, we've run an information evening for the community. Um, we're we're doing as much as we can, basically. <laughs> I've been into I've actually been interviewed on Q and A by Fenna Owen. Um, I don't know how much more I can do. 
<laughs> but mainstream the, media just doesn't want goes, to know. When it goes, no, solar's good. Shut up. Mm. Um, you, can't, you can't go across. You're the little solar. people. But, you know. In the environment court, do you get do you get to present in the environment court? I think we're still working on that um, because this is all new. Um, I think you can have a chance to speak a bit on your submission, um, but we're still in the process mm. of working out who and which submissions and how we do all that. Um, and also just trying to find oh, oh. some legal representation because, it, you know, it is a court. You know, this is the test yes. of our uh, district in, in the normal, how far out are you from Greytown? I think I've asked that. How far out of Greytown? I am um, just over a kilometre from the main road. So so basically. Well, this visible. It, 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 you should Will be able see to see it. You should be able to see one of them from from the main road entering from Wellington into Greytown, mm. and basically the the field the power plant around me is going right up to the edge of the village. So the high school and the medical centre would only be a few hundred metres away, less than a kilometre. Yeah, walking distance. Yeah. Well, I mean, if this was a if this was a petrochemical plant or something, yeah, there'd be an expectation they'd buy everyone out. You would right? imagine, wouldn't because you? Because you can't have you you can't. Mm. I mean, you can't even imagine it being zoned for this. Well, it's and not. They're doing are, it on a re- um, rural zone. It's they're they're keeping it as rural farm, land, right? and it's just a change of use. And that they yeah they're trying to peddle it like they're increasing the productivity of the farm. They truly believe yeah, they're going to improve the soils. Yeah. No. They, they had they found somebody to write a report to say they're going to improve the soil. And and it's just farcical. Well, I hope that absolutely farcical. They're gonna America over in America they've found when they've decommissioned on the rare occasion, um the ground's compacted. Um, it's it's li- lost its productivity because you know it's been baked oh, in the heat. No, no, um, no. Possible toxic yeah. chemicals leached into it. Um, it kills the the microorganisms in the soil, um, and and it takes. And not only that, where they're not always totally removed when they're decommissioned. You know, the, there's miles no. of wires in the ground. Um, and not only that, the inverter and substation footprints are hail sites. So, you know, this is food-producing oh land and it should be preserved for future generations. And we have got a really high water table here, less than a metre down most of the time, and I'm drinking it. And if anything leaches into that water, I'll be drinking it. And that's not right. Have is it is it one or two farms across the two sites that they're leasing from? Um, there's one farm around me. The other one is, I think, it is owned by a number of people. Yeah, so they've kind of put together. Okay. 
adjacent land. And the farmer, the farmer next door to you, he or they are already leasing it. God, I'm getting pieces. They've already, He's already yeah, that's already leased it out at the moment to a, another farmer who's running dairy on it. Yeah. Yes. So he will no longer be able and to lease ha- that. Yes. Have you spoken to the landowner or you don't see them? He knocked on my door to tell me that this was happening just over a year ago. Um, but he is no longer to, he is no longer speaking to any of the neighbours. He was shocked. Okay. I think they've been shocked that we haven't been happy about it. <laughs> mm. It's just astounding. And but, the dairy, know, the, the the man with the dairy herd. Yep. What's he say? Um, he's he's not thrilled. He's not thrilled by all accounts. I haven't spoken to him personally, so um, but I, I hear that he's not impressed. Well, you know, he's no longer going to be able to run his operation at the same size, so no, he's have to down. And this is the problem because the, they're getting three to four times the the rental value from the land. It snowballs, you know. Um, you you're squeezing genuine farmers out of competition because they can't compete with those mm. rentals. The next farmer, you only need to, you must, you'd have to really love sitting on a tractor when you can look over the fence and see that your neighbour is earning three to four times the amount of land than you yes. can, you know. And so you can see how it snowballs, that people go, sod this for a joke. I don't want to farm right next to an industrial site. I'm going to put mine into industrial. Yes. You know, Elizabeth, I started out this interview. I'm talking to Elizabeth Creevy, and my intention with this interview was to be mm, sceptical and a bit tough on you, you know, soul is wonderful, what's your problem, Nimby? As soon as I heard your voice and as soon as I understood what was happening, I'm 100% with you. Mm. Well, Please let me have a wee, wee chance to just list a few more of our objections and concerns for the land. Um, there's a fire risk. These things are heat of course. generating and wherever you've got, arcing can occur basically anywhere within an electric generating field, you know, where there's a break in a wire, a connection, overheating, whatever. Um, and fires do happen in solar fields, and um, they're generally underreported overseas. And our fire service has no policy on how to fight a fire in a, in a solar power plant. That We do not have oh, a policy. And if even if you've got solar panels on your house, the, the New Zealand Fire Service policy is to let it burn. So mm. they will watch and stand by, but they will let it burn. And I can understand why, because they don't stop generating power just because they're on fire. And, and you cannot ask chemicals. people to, and there's horrendously toxic chemicals, plumes of toxic smoke that would land on your land, get into your drinking water, land on people's roofs, and a lot of people around here collect their drinking water from their roof. Um, 
And then we've got a volunteer fire brigade. Overseas um, countries, they often have um, requirements that firefighters have to be in a fully sealed suit with breathing apparatus to fight these fires. Well, our local volunteer brigade ain't going to have all that. No. You know, that that's... A fire risk is a real possibility. And we, who's liable if, if it burns my house down? You know, if the if the it starts a grass fire and it burns my house down, is it the farmer or the, the company? Mm. <laughs> who's looking after, you know, the damage? I, I don't know. And they can't take all those toxic fumes away once they're out there and in the soil and in the water. They're there, and our soil and our water should be protected for future generations. And, of course, you know they'll have experts to come along and they say, they're there, dearie, everything's okay. Oh, but, yeah. of course, we know that's probably bullshit and in 50 years' time we'll be all dropping dead and they'll say, oh, yeah, no, that was that thing, we got oh, that oops. wrong. Yeah, oops. And we'll also be living in increased wind because they have to remove all the windbreaks. They can't have those trees shading them. So all our windbreaks will go. So um, we'll be under larger pressure of wind. There could be wind tunnelling and these things produce turbulence depending on how high and which angle the wind is coming. Um, we're in a high wind area. And really these things, these arrays, these rows of panels should be, in my opinion, <laughs> They should be considered buildings. They're just the same as a hay, a whole a pole-driven hay shed, except they've got a rotating roof. But they're not under they don't have and, to come under building standards. And and there's what a thousand acres of them. Yes. Intensive infrastructure covering the ground. And they should require wind tunnel testing because they're creating mm -hmm. wind issues. And they're off, and if we have some more summers like we've just had, the water was the ground was water laden. How are they going to stay in the ground if they're just pole driven poles? They're pole driven poles Jeez. with these four and a half meter high sails on them in a high wind area. But there's no requirement for a wind assessment apparently because it's an unregulated thing um we've already talked about the heat 20 percent though they those um panels it'll be 20 degrees hotter around those panels and the ambient temperature no yep so your your soil will be vitally affected by this just the heat and oh. The, the the moisture will presumably be sucked out of your soil. Absolutely. I believe so. Well, there's another one. Here we are. Possible Wi-Fi interference. Now, metal and glass structures are known to interfere with Wi-Fi connectivity. And these days, people work from home, run businesses from home, rely on, on it for social networking, social contact, and... More and more of us, me included, do not have copper wire telephones. So mm. there goes that you know we risk losing our emergency access. How do you ring one one one? 
if you've got and tell them Wi-Fi interference. <laughs> or somebody's had a heart attack or something, you know? <laughs> it's just it's just you wouldn't you just wouldn't credit it. We've covered the tourism, the recycling just does my head in because they're in, people keep telling me, oh, but they're just glass. You can recycle windows. Well, these are not just glass. These are incredibly complex silicon panels. Um, they're difficult to recycle. You can you can take a off the aluminium frame mechanically, but basically to get anything out of it, they have to do a, a series of acidic leaching to get all these minerals out. Huge heat which you can't use renewables to do. Um, there's not enough recycling units around the world. There's none in Australia, none in New Zealand, no plans for any. Um, it's incredibly expensive. And even what you do manage to recycle is not as high a quality as what went into it. Simple as that. So basically what these companies do, they sell off old panels to third world countries and they have to deal with all the toxic waste. Now, that's not right. Or they just dump them, like they do with the wind turbine blades, cover them with dirt, let them leach into the soil and water somewhere else, out of sight, out of mind. Well, you know, we're supposed to be, you know, environmentally conscious. Isn't this supposed to be <laughs> making a clean, green world? Well, it certainly isn't. We're going to lose... We're going to lose biodiversity. More porks, there's, there's just not enough native birds around here. More porks we do have. What do they do? They nest in mature trees, and that's the very thing they're going to be cutting down because they can't have them shading their panels. Um, not only that, we just know this is, a, this is an ever-moving sea of black panels of glass emitting heat. Well, you know birds aren't going to go into any of that. So what yeah. bird life we have around here will reduce. Simple as that. There's all the possible leaching of metals, and I know these metals are, um, well, A, there's the anti-reflective coating, which are nanoparticles. I'm yet to do some more research into that, but I can't imagine that doesn't wear off at some stage. But the water has to... The, these mineral compounds inside can dissolve in water because they test them for that. And to get in, they have, you know, there has to be cracks or something in the panel for the water to get in so that they can leach. Well, apparently there's a new report out that of, of all the fields that they tested, 81% of them had nano crack, uh, not nano, uh, micro cracks in the panels or faults in the panels anyway. So they're, they're not infallible. Um, all you need is like hail, storm, earthquake, wind damage, cyclone. They create cracks, and that's when you're going to risk the leaching into your soil and your water. It's just, apart from our pop and the noise. Oh, well, there <laughs> you, know, you go. Our, our district plan basically talks about loudness. But it doesn't talk about the constant low-level um, industrial noise. Mm. And that will be an electrical buzzing all day, from morning to night. Do you have 
your council, do you have a Greytown council or are you part of Wellington? South Wairarapa district. South Wairarapa. Yeah. Are the councillors getting awake to this? Um, I'm hoping. We're, <laughs> I'm hoping so. We mm-hmm. certainly invited councillors to the information evening um, and mm-hmm. we're trying to get the message out there, you know, um, but, well, you know, it's going to the environmental courts. It's out of their hands. And then let me even talk about fast-tracking. Fast-tracking takes it right out of the council's purview yes. altogether. Now, that's that needs to stop. That's another question we need to ask our new Who's government. your local MP? Um, Buttercup, Butterfield or something his name is, isn't it? New, mm. new national MP. Mm. Well, get him on it. Um, <laughs> presumably Google, Mr billionaire Google, presumably he's getting some big government offset back in America because he's producing green energy. And that'll be a big a big money spinner for them or a write-off for them because as you say, they're burning up coal in US or India or somewhere to drive their data center. And therefore they produce quote green energy in some rubbish green accounting framework, which is yep. bureaucratic rubbish, and he therefore gets a, a tick on yep. his green card. Oh, yep. He, he green, looks green. squeaky clean. And, and the Wairarapa Valley at the moment has got seven renewable projects throughout the valley. We've already got, we've got there's two wind farms, one of 20 turbines, the other one, the Genesis one, they're going to have 286 turbines. Carterton's going to have two the same size as ours and a third one that snuck through council without consent, without notification, um, and the two in Greytown so far. And we know that we know that there's been other companies asking it's other farmers. Just bless Gigia every time you go to bed and drink your contaminated water. That you're living in a green no. paradise. I know it's just horrific. And that it's that's that toxic dump of a thousand acres surrounding you is really just the Garden of Eden. <laughs> Elizabeth, it's all in your perception, Creevy. isn't it? Elizabeth Creevy, there she is. I want you to let us know and keep us up to speed with any developments. Yeah. Uh, because we love your activism, we love your enthusiasm, and this thing should be stopped. Yes, I think so. Thank you. We're giving it our best shot. (laughs) That was Elizabeth Creevy from Greytown. Oh, my goodness. You're on Rally Check Radio, Real Talk with Rodney Hyde, and we had a bit of real talking to us because isn't it wonderful? You think, oh, solar farm, so nice, all those little panels waving in 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 the sunlight, generating us nice, clean power. And then you think of a thousand acres of it on three sides. Oh my goodness, that is a toxic nightmare. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll keep up to speed on this because it's a story of the ages about how this green energy policy gets out of whack and becomes anything but. Thank you for listening. Send us a text 2057, email me, inbox at radleycheck.radio. This is Real Talk with Rodney Hyde. Tuesdays and Thursdays from 10 a.m.